It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Time for Pushing the Limits. It is yours truly, Brian Shapiro. So glad you could join us on this very sunny, a little windy day in the Valley. So glad that you could be here. We got some very special guests lined up for you today. A couple candidates running for office and uh, a very special guest from the Ukraine who has family in the Ukraine. Uh, we're going to have in studio Sherelle Mendenhall. She's running for U.S. Senate. Had a chance to meet her the other day. She's going to be here momentarily. John Gerdart is running for Nevada Secretary of State. They both have very interesting opinions when it comes to COVID, when it comes to election fraud. So I know we're going to get into it. We're going to have some very, very good conversation. Then coming up in hour number two, I'm really looking forward to meeting this woman. Uh, her name is Tatiana Shagla. Uh, her father, 72 years old. Her brother, 38, and his wife, and her cousin, who's 46 are all in the Ukraine right now, staying at her father's condo, fighting to stay alive, fighting for their lives. It's it's really unbelievable. It's mesmerizing. She's going to be joining us in studio in hour number two. So really looking forward to all of our guests today. Some interesting guests. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, the big news, um, at least from the sports world, that, that's come out today, and I, I alluded to this yesterday, and everyone was telling me, no, Brian, Tiger Woods is not going to be playing in the Masters. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, he's not, and I said, you know what? He is. And I said he is going to be playing because he wouldn't be there otherwise. I believe he knew weeks ago that he was going to be playing in the Masters. Well, Tiger Woods had his press conference at Augusta National, and this is a big deal. It's, it's a huge story. It's not just a sports story. We all know what happened to Tiger uh, in this car accident. Last year, a little over a year ago, where he almost had his leg amputated. Obviously, uh, you know, some people want to say Jack Nicholas is the best golfer of all time. Uh, I know he has more majors than Tiger Woods, but I'm still going to say Tiger's the best golfer of all time because there's more competition in his era. But Tiger almost lost his leg. He could have easily died. And he just made this announcement this morning. This is Tiger Woods at Augusta National holding his press conference when asked about possibly playing in the Masters. Here's what he said. You've said countless times throughout your career that you don't enter a golf tournament unless you think that you can win it. Mm-hmm. So the question is simple. Do you think you can win the Masters this week? I do. And what have you seen in your preparation that leads you to believe that? Well, I can, I can hit it just fine. And I, I, I don't have any qualms about what I can do physically from a golf standpoint. It's now walking is the hard part. You know, this is normally not an easy walk to begin with. Um, uh, now, given the, the conditions that you know my leg is in, it gets a little bit more more difficult. And you know that uh, you know seventy two holes is uh, is a long road, and uh, it's going to be a, a tough challenge and a challenge that I'm I'm up for. 
Okay, so right before that, Tiger Woods is the one that made the announcement that he said he was going to be playing in the Masters, and then he was asked a follow-up question. That was the follow-up question, which was, do you believe you can win? And he said yes. And I think uh, we got a little bit of honesty from Tiger. Maybe in his life he hasn't always been very honest when it came to his marital situation and affairs and, and other things, but I believe he was being very genuine and honest there. His concern is not his golf game. His concern is, will he be able to walk? You know, I'm going to tell you right now, even for somebody that is fairly healthy, walking 18 holes at Augusta National is physically somewhat demanding, especially for somebody that almost lost their leg a year ago. So to me, that is the big issue. But this is a huge story because he's arguably the most recognizable athlete in the world. I'd put LeBron James, of course, right next to him. And a lot of people never didn't think that he'd ever play competitive golf again. And now here he is in the biggest golf tournament in the world, in the golf course that he knows best, better than anybody. Uh, won the Masters, what, I believe five times, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not counting him out. I've learned long ago to not count Tiger Woods out, ever. And he seems very determined. The guys who played a practice round yesterday with him, I believe it was Fred Couples, who said he has just as good a chance as anybody to win. This would be the, just imagine this for a minute, even if you're not a golf fan and even if you're not a sports fan. Imagine if this could happen, and it very well could. I'm not saying it will, I'm saying it could. That Tiger Woods on Sunday afternoon is in contention on the back nine at Augusta National and the Masters. To me, it'll be the highest ratings that the PJ Tour has ever seen. And I think it'll be the highest sports ratings of any event, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not the Super Bowl, but it'll, I think it'll be close. I really do. If Tiger Woods is in contention on Sunday afternoon in the Masters, there are going to be millions and millions and millions of people that are going to be watching, and I know I'll be one of them. And trust me, I'm not a Tiger Woods fan. I don't like Tiger Woods, the human being. You know, I don't like, I don't like a lot of the things that Tiger Woods has done in his life. But if you wanted to know what time Tiger Woods is teeing it up, he's scheduled to tee off Thursday at 10.34 a.m. And he's playing with a really good young player and a veteran. He's playing with Joaquin Neiman, who's a very good young player who's won a couple tournaments already on tour. And a guy who seems to be in contention in almost every major. That would be Usti, Louis Oosthuizen. Uh So he's playing 10.34 a.m., which is good for him because he's not teeing it up too early. It's not going to be too cold. And I think that's an advantage for him on Friday because he's playing late Friday afternoon at 1.41 p.m. So I believe, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I got to I, I gotta believe that Tiger Woods is probably going to make the cut. I don't think Tiger would put himself in this position unless his game was, was good. He always seems to overcome any type of adversity. Do you remember when he won the U.S. Open, when he pretty much played on one leg? He was in a lot more pain then. He doesn't seem like he's in a lot of pain now. He was able to win the U.S. Open on a Sunday afternoon uh, with his cartilage in his, in, in his ankle pretty much gone. You remember that? And you want to count Tiger Woods out? I'm, I'm not doing that, man. I'm, 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 just, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not ready to do that. I, I, believe, I believe he's going to make the cut. Do I think he's going to be in contention on Sunday? No, probably not. There's too many good players out there. But I think he's going to make the cut. And I think he's going to show the world that he's back and he's ready to compete. I th- like I said, I think the only issue, to me anyway, and, and to him, the issue is physically, can his leg hold up walking? Not being able to hit golf shots. Uh, very demanding. 
and a very difficult golf course to walk. A lot of hills, a lot of ups and downs there. So that 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 to me, that's the only issue. His golf game looks like it's there. I mean, yeah, he played a practice round yesterday. He looked really good, according to everybody that was out there watching. So it's, it's a great story. Even though I don't like Tiger Woods, the human being, this is a great story. It, it, it's an incredible comeback story. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to continue to monitor this Tiger Woods story. And when we come back, we have somebody who's running for uh, a senator right here out of Las Vegas. Her name is Sherelle Mendenhall. And uh, we're going to be talking to her next. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. So glad that you could join us. You know, as, as people that listen to this show know, I hosted an event the other day, Veterans in Politics event. I've hosted several of their events, by the way. Very nice people. Whenever the word veteran is in anything, I always uh, want to support what they do. And, uh, you know, I'm an independent. I don't support a lot of what some Republicans uh, are preaching when it comes to election fraud or, or covid stuff. But I was there and I was there for a reason. I I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to hear the candidates, number one. And number two, I support our veterans. So uh, the lady joining us in studio right now, she is running for U.S. Senate. Her name is Sherelle Mendenhall and she was one of those candidates that was there the other day. And I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate that. Uh, So I guess my first opening remark question is for people that have not heard of you before. Yeah. Talk a little bit about yourself, why you decided to run for, for senator. Um, my name is Jerome Mendenhall, and a couple of reasons that I got in this fight, so to speak, is I was seeing the direction that politics mm-hmm. was going. And as a business owner, because I, I own a couple of businesses, there are so many times where you actually have to look at things objectively, mm-hmm. even if you have personal feelings. You actually have to look at the long-term and short-term, because so often people kind of pop off, mm-hmm. and they ruin the long-term goal, which is all of us coming together and actually fighting for the things that really matter. When we talk mm-hmm. about education, that's not a party issue. Mm-hmm. That's it a, shouldn't be. No. It's, it's, I agree. It's, it's a child yeah. issue. It's making sure that our kids mm-hmm. are taken care of. When we talk about health care, when we talk about our, our, our strong borders, when we talk about human, mm-hmm. you know, human mm-hmm. trafficking... Those are all human issues. So when I took a look at it, I said, I'm not going to bash the other party not once. What I am going to do is eviscerate bad policy. I'm going to go after this as someone who who loves people, loves kids, loves yeah. life. And I want to have leadership in each position sure. again. And I, and I appreciate that. And that makes a lot of sense to me. So you were one of the first uh, for U.S. Senate. Uh, that was the first group of people that yeah. uh, were being questioned. Then uh, people were running for governor after you had left. I want to play you a piece of audio. Um, this was a moment where somebody in the, uh, the panel asked, do you think Donald Trump won the election and mm. it was stolen? Um, and more than half of the candidates said, yes, I believe Donald Trump won the election. So after he said that wasn't it. I don't know. That was a that was a song. That wasn't. Uh, I don't think there was. <laughs> I like any, music. Yeah, I do. I, like I do too. But that wasn't it. So this is the. I want to play this for you, and I want okay. to get your reaction to it. Yeah. Uh, this was me interjecting, okay. which I was told I was I was allowed to do. Okay. And I want you to hear what happened right after. This is it. I'm just going to make a brief statement. As the job of a moderator, it is not my job to ask questions, and it's also not my job to be opinionated. But I believe it is my job to separate fact from fiction. The facts are Joe Biden is the president of the United States, and there's absolutely no evidence of widespread voting fraud. That is not your role. That is not your role. She gets the logist of it. I had people screaming at me, remove me. I was called a communist. 
Um, I don't know what your opinions are on election fraud. We can certainly get into that. Okay. But I thought that was disgraceful the way I was treated. And here's the thing. Yeah. More than half the room after that came up to me and shook my hand. Republicans who didn't say anything in that moment. But then they said, thank you for standing for the truth. You're doing a great job. And I'm thinking to myself, why didn't you say that on the panel? So what are your thoughts on that moment? And then we can get into the election fraud stuff. I'm going to talk about what I was trying to establish in the very beginning, which Mm -hmm. is leadership. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in politics, no, not often, I'm going to say almost every single thing you bring up, there are going to be different sides, different opinions, and you actually have to be able to have a cognizant and respectful conversation. So I want to bring honor back to the table. It doesn't matter your opinion. If you can respectfully disagree at the end mm-hmm. of the day, then guess what? We we can then move to the next thing, that which could be whether sure. it, it is impacting your everyday life or sure. not impacting your everyday life. So I... I agree with that sentiment, what you're yeah. saying, but I think everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but Absolutely. I don't think they're entitled to their own facts. With that, I have to ask you this question because I think right. it's an important one. Yeah. Do you believe that Joe Biden is a free and fair elected president? I believe wholeheartedly that I didn't get to see all the data. So that's something that's important to me because obviously I'm a, I'm a numbers person and I personally want to see every piece because I, I've, I've delved in and I see two different numbers in different places. So again, I'm the type of person like you. I like facts. I love facts and mm-hmm. I love numbers. Mm-hmm. And so I will go to absolutely every source and almost every source that I can see, there's mm-hmm. different numbers for different uh, pieces for every single state. So for me personally, and, and again, you know, on, on agree and disagree, I personally personally want to see every single ballot. I want voter rolls cleaned up. And my response when anybody asks me the question Mm -hmm. about any sort of voter fraud as a business person, I take a look at it. And, you know, the secretary of state said that they did identify that there was fraud, but there wasn't widespread voter fraud. And so my position to that is I ask the question, would you want, say, 4% voter or 4% fraud in your bank account? Would you want that in your bank account? Well, no, of course not. Right. Uh, but but it, when you have 4% fraud in your bank account, you're losing money. Uh, if there was 4% fraud, which I'm not sure there was that high, um, it's, it still didn't change an outcome. But So, so my point is this. Mm-hmm. We're fighting over it. And can so, I ask you a question? Can I, can I, I just I'm sorry. Fin- go ahead. Just yep. let me finish. Yep. So we're fighting over it. Mm-hmm. And it's something that people died for. To make sure that we could, we could we could vote for and, and as you said earlier, I agree you, with you. you respect you know veterans and so for sure. me I want to take that off the table again because again the only way we're going to be able to right. move forward on all of these other things that you and I I guarantee even if we disagree sure. on six out of ten things we agree on maybe four other things that sure, are so sure. important for people sure. and that to me is what matters is taking a different approach you take a look at it and you say okay I see that there might be something that we need to come together on and fix instead of just standing on our sides and like you just heard. And erupting and calling you names, that is not going to get us anywhere. No, it's not. Um, And again, I hear you. uh, But Donald Trump didn't win the election. There's no evidence. There's no uh, evidence of widespread voter fraud. Is there fraud in every election? Absolutely. But here's my question to you. In 2016, before the election, Donald Mm -hmm. Trump versus Hillary Clinton, you heard Donald Trump for months saying the elections are rigged. They're rigged. Fraud. Then he wins in 2016, and for the next three years, not only did I not hear anything about election fraud or integrity from Donald Trump, but from Republicans, nothing. Maybe there were a few, like Stavros Anthony, who lost, and he's coming in studio Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I say there's a reason for that, because Donald Trump won. It's not only Republicans that are capable of cheating, or Democrats that are capable of cheating in an election. It's Republicans, too, but there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Now, I hear what you – there are different numbers, but Mm -hmm. we have the attorney general, uh, Donald Trump's own attorney general, the CIA, the FBI – that says this was the most free and fair election we've ever had. Donald Trump, I, I guess he's got money. He claims he does. They were 
0-60 in the courtroom. They had every opportunity to show evidence. If this evidence was, you know, if Donald Trump was cheated, why are we going to the My Pillow guy for answers? This would be the biggest crime in the history of this country. And no judge has seen any evidence that would conclude that there was enough. So, so, so take a look at Arizona. So look at how much money is being spent currently mm-hmm. on this topic. We're here yet again. People are attacking you in the middle of this. People are attacking each side. Mm-hmm. And it's on that one issue alone that there are so many people that won't even have a conversation. So my piece is this. I stand for election integrity because my grandpa fought for this right, this ability to go and vote. And I want to make sure that we have a secure election and we need to come and have a conversation, no Mm -hmm. matter what that looks like, to have every single party come together and say, okay, what is it going to take to stop the argument and start moving forward? Because again, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, for me, I'm not okay with the fact of saying, well, every election is just going to have fraud. I don't want that to exist. I don't think any reasonable person would would say that. I agree with you. But my issue is the extreme right and people that were there the other day. I'm not calling you that, but there are people that still believe that Donald Trump won the election. And when I ask them for evidence, they just throw things at the wall to see if it would stick. And it's absurd. So that's the problem. If you are going to, in fact, state anything you mm-hmm. have to back it up with facts have you said that on the record that you believe trump won the election i have not said that on record. okay i appreciate that there's nothing wrong with what i don't disagree with anything that you're saying what's wrong with election integrity my only point is where were these conversations after 2016 i'm not saying you weren't talking about it, but i didn't really hear any republicans talking about it and i feel like it's because trump won and then trump talks about how the election was stolen and then we had the insurrection right. and i asked people let me ask you this question so I, I want to say on record though sure. too, i did say you know and i am identifying that there is fraud and i want to get is. it cleaned up and so is. i want to say on record yeah. that that was something that i'm aggressively wanting to go after because i believe in integrity across the board i want integrity in our budget mm-hmm. i want integrity in voters i want integrity in each piece so that's important to me agree with you i don't think any reasonable person would disagree with that. But when we talk about integrity, what about our politicians? And I will go both sides here. But when Donald Trump I, I can't use the word integrity and talk about Donald Trump, and I don't know if you're a Trump uh, supporter or not. Well, you know, uh, when he calls NFL players sons of bitches, forgive my French, for taking a knee peacefully, when he attacks women based on looks, when he goes after when he what he said about John McCain, and I support our veterans, and I know you do, mm-hmm. when he said he didn't respect John McCain when he was because he was captured, I thought, how could anybody? Support this man. Uh, you like his policies. Okay. I have plenty of friends that are Trump supporters. We have good conversations. Right. And I'm happy to have that with you. But there are people out there that think this man, he cares about our veterans and he's a good man and he, America first when I believe based on his record and the things he says, he only cares about himself. And he's. A, I just think he's a despicable human being. I am not a big Joe Biden supporter either. Mm-hmm. He's made a lot of mistakes. I okay. think he's too old. But – when we use the term integrity, I'm with you, voter okay. integrity. But what about integrity when it comes to our politicians? Do you believe Trump has integrity? Um, so I'm, I'm, that's, that's several questions. So I want to sure. start. <laughs> so I'm going to start from the very beginning. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so when we're talking about election, or I'm sorry, when we're talking about integrity in general, sure, that's sure. been something that I've been talking about from the very beginning. You can actually pull up clip after clip after clip mm-hmm. of me speaking and talking about people of character getting elected again. Because guess what happens? You don't get to ask me every question before I go in office. You didn't know COVID was going to happen mm-hmm. before I get elected. Right. You know, that that is... By in all effect, when when wars break out, when people decide to invade, when all of these foreign policies and things change, you don't get to ask those questions ahead of time. So we need to elect people of 
character again. I agree. And, and that, that to me is going to the integrity piece. So with uh, moving forward, that's my entire mission is I also want to inspire leaders mm-hmm. to be stepping up again. People who can have a conversation right. and it doesn't have respect. to be correct. I want respect. I want honor. Even again, if we walk away and we disagree, we can shake hands and say, hey, guess what? We still need to care about our veterans. We still need to care about our boards. We still need to care about our kids. We still need to figure out ways to get things accomplished without me calling you names. And guess what? We can do that. And would, you, would you would you vote for Donald Trump if he ran so again? So I, I, I um, voted for him in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was in Los Angeles and I sat down and I took a look at all of the, the policies and mm-hmm. everything that mattered. Um, something that is concerning to me right now is how divisive mm-hmm. he has become. Right. And, and it is... Do, taking two different uh, individuals and, mm. and, and pulling them apart. So even as I'm out here knocking doors and some people who were very, very, very strong supporters of Trump, mm-hmm. they're like, it's just hurting our party in general now. Like the long term. I agree is 100%. Like, and, and, you know, in, in the general, maybe. Look at Liz Cheney, right? Look at I don't agree with anything she stands for as far as policy. Yeah. But I respect her. Okay. I respect Mitt Romney. And the reason why I do is because they call out the nonsense. Trump won the election in a landslide. Uh, you know, and look at what the Republican Party has done to them. Look at Kinzinger. Now, you could disagree with some of the things they say, but I believe they stand up for principle. I feel like so many people in the Republican Party, they're afraid of Donald Trump, and they kiss the ring of Trump. Why is that? Um, I, I think that he broke a mold, you mm-hmm. know, and that was, you know, something that was admirable. I, again, like I said, when I sat down, I looked at policies because I was mm-hmm. in Los Angeles at mm-hmm. the time when it was Hillary. So I heard all of, right. you know, the, the, the extreme, sure. you know, and uh, I took a look at the things that were my values. And right. I said, this is the man that's going to stand for those values. And so sure. I did, you know, vote for him. Um, I and, thought, can I just be, I'm sorry, to, but I, I understand where you're coming from because yeah. I talked to a lot of Trump supporters right. back then. Yeah. I thought when Trump won. And by the way, I didn't vote for Hillary either. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever happens, happens. I thought the rhetoric would stop. I thought when he became president, he would stop the, you know, the, the social media attacks, and mm-hmm. I thought he would just do his job. I right. saw when he went with Obama into the White House, mm-hmm. I saw a toned-down Donald Trump, and I said, I think this is what we're going to see from him. And then what happened? He just continued. And many of his supporters actually felt, you know, uh, hopeful, you know, right. even now it's just like that that rhetoric would have changed. Some people love it. You know, they, they like, you know, things being called a spade a spade. Um, but that's just people and they get the choice and they get the freedom to choose what they like. But again, when I'm when I look at me personally, when I'm looking at leadership, I want someone for my kids to right. look up to. I there want, you go. I, yep. I want someone I couldn't agree in with you each more. of these positions mm-hmm. that stops because I don't want corruption in politics to be mm-hmm. synonymous anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be taken out of the, you know, the fact that we're going to a family, right. um, uh, uh, you know, dinner when it's Thanksgiving right. and we have to take politics and religion out of that. No, hey guys, let's have healthy debates. I sure. was in parliamentary procedures growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, I was a silver medalist at nationals and, oh, wow. and I love the fact of having a healthy debate because I walk away from there and mm-hmm. as if you can, can have a conversation with me without calling me names, you psychologically mm-hmm. are able to influence me. If you start calling me names, guess what? I shut down. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, um, and, and maybe I'm a, pro, a, a part of that, when somebody has called into my show and they say COVID is a hoax, mm-hmm. I call them a moron. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I do that is because everything that I've been through and all mm-hmm. the people that have died, but you're right, we shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But there's certain people that I just don't want to have a debate with. I, which but, but I they're get just that. lost. You know? <laughs> I, I understand that. And it's frustrating yeah. about, you know, my, but you're my, right. my entire stance in this too is just like yeah. I've had, and it makes me emotional because again, I'm putting myself out here. I'm getting eviscerated. Sure. Sure. I have people attacking me. I I have my boards already getting uh, painted why, up. Who are, why, are, why are people attacking you? What are they saying? Uh, there's, a, there's a ton. But let me let me finish this. Yeah. I have, you know, um, 
people from you know other other positions young girls coming up to me i'm 19 i'm 23 i'm yeah, this yeah. and like you inspire me and i said that's why i'm running right now that's super cool that's why i'm yeah. running because i want the next generation mm-hmm. to want to be in mm-hmm. politics again mm-hmm. because there's no reason we shouldn't have good leaders stepping up in every single position with mm-hmm. no other agenda than to serve the people, to serve their mm-hmm. community. And what you just described, which I think is very special, and that's super cool, um, I don't see 19 and 20-year-olds that would go up to Donald Trump and say, I want to be just like you. You know, you're obviously a, a very well-spoken person and an intelligent person, and I can see you're passionate and you care about this country. We're not going to agree on everything. Correct. But I have respect for you, not – First of all, what you just said, I want my kids to, to – the president – I want them to look up to somebody like that. I could not agree with you more. And in, in no shape, way, or form am I saying Joe Biden is that guy. But I do think he's a little bit – we can disagree on Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. We'll probably agree a lot on, on things about Joe Biden. But I don't believe he's an awful human being. I think Joe Biden is not perfect. He's old. I like it when he talks about uh, empathy and, and the struggles he's had in his life. I just don't feel like Trump has any. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, – when we come back a little bit more about your campaign, what you stand for. We already talked about election fraud and Donald Trump. We beat a dead horse on that one. But uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you uh, a little bit more uh, about uh, what you stand for, maybe criticisms of of Sislak, which is fair. I have my criticisms of him as well. So uh, we're here with uh, Sherelle Mendenhall. She's running for Senate. And also coming up next, he might have a little bit to say about uh, the elections, and I believe he's trying to get uh, Governor Sislak out of office. His name is John Gerthardt. He's running for Nevada Secretary of State. So uh, uh, they will both be in studio when we come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. By the way, coming up, hour number two, we're going to have a woman by the name of Tatiana Shagala in studio. Her whole family is in the Ukraine struggling for their lives. She lives here in Las Vegas, so I want to get the word out. What can people do in Las Vegas to help? So uh, that's another topic we can get to with these two candidates that are in studio right now. Sherelle Mendenhall is here uh, running for the U.S. Senate. Uh, appreciate you being here. And uh, joining me in studio as well is John Gerthardt, who is uh, running for Nevada Secretary of State. John, I appreciate you being here as well. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. I'm doing yeah. well. All right. So one one election fraud question, because I already bring it br- brought it with her. Yeah. Uh, people that say Donald Trump won the election mm-hmm. and Joe Biden cheated. I ask, where is the evidence? Where is the widespread evidence of widespread voter fraud? Nobody seems to have have it well there's videos of um you know people with papers and you know after uh, the um the, po- the polls close and you know you i've seen some videos where people are you know pulling out suitcases and scanning and you know double counting. but none of like that, that has been verified of fraud why was he why were they owing 60 in the courtroom oh good question i don't know maybe because there's no evidence could that be possible maybe because joe biden did win the election could that be possible is it possible that maybe Joe Biden is a fair and free elected president? Are you willing to admit that's possible? Definitely possible, but okay. I'm not leaning that way. Okay. Why are you not leaning that way? Because there's a couple of videos? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, and I've gotten pretty deep in the voter data for, um, for the state of Nevada, and mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. – uh, they, they look like they're complicated on purpose. It looks like there's mm-hmm. it's, it's either negligence or okay. it's corruption, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it's either one or the other for many instances. Mm-hmm. And I just – I've seen – too many dominoes lined up to um, 
to, to shrug off that it's all yeah. just uh, well, ignorance. Well, Sherelle made a good point. Listen, we're all for election integrity, right? We don't want any fraud in the elections on either way. Right. I'm all for that sentiment. We need full transparency. I don't and, have a problem with that. And public audit, like public audits need to be easy, like something that you could do from home. And I don't have a problem with any of that stuff, but I'm a evidence type person. Mm-hmm. And that's why in that arena, I, in the debate or, or whatever you want to call it the other day, I said, show me the evidence of widespread voter fraud. Now, you know this. Just because there's a couple videos out there that have not been verified doesn't mean that Donald Trump won the election. So why is it that 8 out of 10 Republicans in the latest Fox News poll thinks that, think that Donald Trump was cheated and he won the election? Where's the evidence? Well, I think he probably was, and that evidence is still building up, and there's still a mountain. There's a <laughs> I big... haven't seen any evidence, though. Okay. Where? Where? Where's uh, the... I want to see it. Okay, platform, I want to believe you. Show me the evidence. would be like uh, Telegram. You know, there's a lot of platforms that have videos and, and stuff on television. Why didn't they present that evidence in court? Why didn't Trump's attorneys present that in court? You know, I didn't get too deep into the courtrooms and the federal yeah. elections and stuff right. like that. You right. know, I'm, I'm more focused on the state level. Understood. Uh, all I'm saying is we can all agree if this was – if Donald Trump was cheated, it would be the biggest crime in the history of this country. If that's true – why again? I'm, I know I, I'm beating a dead horse here. Owen sixty in the courtroom. Uh, we've had Republicans electorates that have said there was no fraud, and yet I still hear. Listen, all due respect, I still hear people like you saying Trump won. And when you say the the evidence is built up, how long has it been since the 2020 election? Where is the evidence? Mike Lindell, if this is the biggest fraud in the history of this country and, and a big crime why are we going to the my pillow guy for answers right does that make any sense it doesn't make sense to me well, Help his, me. his story was that you know people had reached out and he um kind of started making his name known leaning mm-hmm. leaning right and uh people reached out to him who have Dude. some data some some information that's you know beyond my uh beyond my scope so he had a symposium and he didn't show any evidence it was a fraud mm. So listen, I'm not trying to put you in a peculiar situation. We're no, all entitled. We're all entitled to our opinions. I, res- I respect yeah. both of you. I'm just an evidence guy. Yeah. If people actually show me real evidence and it's proven in a courtroom, I'm all for it. And, and, and what I want to kind of just interject, sure. just to add to this, is people need to make sure when they are opening their mouth that they can back it up right now because again that's where people are being called frauds you know there's so much division it's if you are going to take the stance on one side or the other Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you're backing it up because that's why people aren't believing in one another anymore because people are making claims and they're they're regurgitating rhetoric Mm -hmm. again if you want to in fact prove that donald trump won this election we need to make sure that anybody who's opening their mouth isn't opening their mouth before they have that data. And, 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 and that's where everything changes. Because that's our democracy we're talking Same about here. This thing. isn't just, you know, anything. This is our democracy, right? This is our country. This right. is what I Agree. love. So, Cheryl, I, I want to ask you this first, and then I'll, I'll go to you, John, on this. I know you both have opinions on this. Let's talk about Governor Sisolak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm open to hearing uh, your opinions on him. Uh, I didn't like the fact when he shut down bars, but he allowed casinos to be open. Mm-hmm. I thought that was unfair. Uh, mixed messaging there. Absolutely. At the, at the same time. I don't think he woke up one day and said, you know what, I think I'm just going to shut down our economy because I think that's how I can remain in power. I don't think he did it to get votes from Democrats. So I I don't have huge issues with Sislak, but I do have criticisms. Let me start with you. What are your criticisms? What do you think the mistakes that he made? Oh, there's a couple that I want to address right away. And it is when you have so many oxymorons, you killed the small guy Mm -hmm. when you left open the big businesses. So that alone means when you're talking about a statistics person – 
that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to take a different scope because there were so many individuals who lost their businesses, things that they've had their whole mm-hmm. entire lives. I'm a huge small business supporter. Mm-hmm. And for me, that didn't make sense from day one to say Costco. I'm going to trust Costco and their employees to stay open, but the mom and pop has to close. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that for me was a slap in the face because 40 percent is small business owners these are the constituents these are the people that live breathe work and pour money into your state Mm -hmm. but you're going to let corporate america stay open so that 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 absolutely makes me livid so that's my first kind of piece um and i I, i'm gonna let you kind of go with the next piece well so i don't know if you know this but um pro And I've followed Deep into, to the website, to the movement. So don't tell me you believe Jews are starting forest fires in California with lasers, because that's what QAnon supporters believe. Um, well, that's a new one. Um, well, and there's going to be new ones coming I'm just out you, all the time. There's some wacky but stuff, man. Let's, let's focus in on let's focus in on Sisolak, Let's focus in on COVID. Yeah. Let's focus in. On well, you mentioned thing. QAnon. Uh, yeah, when yeah. I hear that. I, you, it took you right to lasers and, and well, Washington because that's State. what that's what they believe. Well, that's one aspect that you've Which heard is of absurd. that you're right. Sure. Which Marjorie Taylor Greene agrees with. Okay, so I'm just saying. I mean, when you say QAnon, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when I hear that. And I hear somebody running for office, mm-hmm. and I say this with all due respect. Can I set I, it? Can I, can I set the platform on QAnon? Sure, sure. Military operation formed by Donald Trump after he's elected. It's an active strategic warfare against the cabal. The cabal being the Freemason cult, the uh, Rothschild banking dynasty, the, the true power elites, the New World Order, the globalists, the ones who have basically the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. And QAnon is, for the most part, it's just like uh, a website. With a bunch of intelligence drops. Q-A-N-O-N dot P-U-B is the website. You should go check it out. They haven't been posting for years. But when they were releasing the information, I mean, it was Epstein before Epstein came out. They were, like, the first to drop it. So they released the hard information early. And it's basically collecting the conspiracy theorists, the ones, the fringe, the people who may know something, but they've been outcasted. They believe six months ago that Donald Trump was going to be back in power. Well, is Donald Trump actually not the president and he's lost all of his presidential like, well, rights the, and powers? He's not the president anymore. Well, on TV, Joe Biden is touted as the president. You don't believe Joe Biden is right now the president of the – who's sleeping in the White House then? Uh, I don't think anyone's in the White House. Have you all seen right, the photos on, that on. no one's in the White House? Like, hold on. Let's backtrack. Okay. You mean to tell me right now, yeah. and, and I mean this with all due respect, Bring you're it. running for Nevada Secretary of State, As John, a Republican. And you mean to tell me right now you don't believe Joe Biden is the president of the United States sleeping in the White House? I think he's the fall guy. I think he's the one who's got to be the poster president so as the president? hyperinflation takes off, as the crumbling of, of economies around the world take place. I mean, like, we're going to go through some hard times. And I think Donald Trump would prefer if Biden were president under these hard times, like the, the poster president under mm-hmm. these hard times, while okay. he's basically shadow president, what Obama did to him. But he's right. he's working behind the scenes and, and bringing right. things All out. Right. Well, listen, you're entitled to your opinions, Thank but uh, I'll yes. go back to Sherelle. And this again, this is just my personal opinion. When I hear somebody who's a member of QAnon, I think conspiracy theories, unproven things. Well, you associate conspiracy theories yeah. with all false. But just because a conspiracy, something is labeled a conspiracy theory doesn't mean that it's not true. It's just that there's a mainstream media. But Joe media. Biden's the president. That is true. Uh, How could you say Joe Biden's not the president of the United States? That's I'm be, sorry. With all because, due respect, that's because, insane. Because of the voter fraud that I can't prove to you. Because of the information that I don't Well, that's a conspiracy have. theory. When you say something has happened but you can't prove it, that's the definition of yes, a conspiracy that's theory. That's right, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. 
Just because I can't prove it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. Nobody can prove it. You're not the only one. I'm not trying to single you out. There's literally nobody in this country, the best attorneys you, that Trump hired, can prove it. But you honestly expect one person to get the whole nation's voter data of hundreds of millions of votes all connected to deliver in one easy like soundbite? Well, it's massive. I mean, it's just the complications are over any one person's head. It would take a small army. And a lot of time. All right, well, listen, you don't believe that Joe Biden won the election. Not Regardless no. of that, he's still right now the president of the United States. The, the, the CNN and CNBC and even Fox are going to tell you that Joe Biden is the president of the United well, States. Well, who's the president? Okay. I'm going to end this. Okay. He was sworn in. No matter what, he was sworn in. So, again, whether we believe it was done rightfully or not, mm -hmm. he was sworn in. So in order to be able to have and continue on, because I feel like you probably have so many more points to share. Yeah, yeah let's move yeah, on. So, well, this so, was originally about Sisolak anyway. Sure. And then I, sure. you know, I wanted to, to... Sure. Because that is the premise of where Sisolak, in my opinion, engaged in economic warfare against the Nevadan people mm -hmm. and is um, basically a complete bought and sold puppet of the Chinese Communist Party. Do you as, believe that? Do you believe as that? As was symbolized in the state of the state of dress, the state of the state address, when Kathy Sisolak, his new wife, who he married after the election, the 2017-18 election, mm -hmm. he married Kathy Sisolak, who, right. okay, sure, born and raised in Nevada, yeah. whatever, but still Chinese origins or, or um, so uh, lineage. Though? But she wore all red with yellow buttons. What do you and care what she wears? Because it's symbolic of the CCP. She's she, from she another wore, country. She's not from America. Oh, I thought she was born in America. Uh, my understanding was she was born in China. I could be wrong on that. Oh. But, but, but what does it matter what color she wears? What, do you, what does that bother it's you? It's not just that she wore all red with three yellow buttons at the State of the State address, which it, it wasn't the last State of the State address, and I didn't see the last one. But there so, is past ones. Let me just say, she walked in first. She walked in before Sisolak. Okay. When, when, when the announcer brought in Governor Sisolak and Sisolak and Kathy were there, yeah. Kathy Sisolak in her red dress and yellow buttons walked in first before he did. So what does that mean? At, Oh, it just means that the Chinese Communist Party has Sisolak by the B-A-W-L-S. Okay. You know what I mean? All like, right. Well, Sherelle, I'll, I'll let you respond to that. I really don't know what to say. I could care less what she wears into any event. But I'm not engaging in that, to be honest. It's yeah. not something I've gone down. Um, that wasn't a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not a topic of okay. mine. So let me ask you this about Sisolak. You talked a little bit about his handling of COVID. Right. Uh, I think you made some valid points there because mm -hmm. I, I think there's been a lot of inconsistencies. Mm -hmm. With that being said, let's talk about the strip being shut down. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the right decision to make at that time. We were losing four or 5,000 people a day. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of people that were upset at that decision, mm -hmm. including Carolyn Goodman, by the way, our mayor. Right. Mm -hmm. What was your, I'll ask both of you this, I'll start with you. What was your thought when he shut down the strip? Um, I'm going to go back to who I am. And so within the first few weeks of everything happening and just seeing all this information being thrown at me, I went to someone who's a source that I'm not going to reveal, but someone who's been a virologist and immunologist of over 25 years. I like to go to experts when uh, things are being controversial. So I went to him and I started having a conversation and I said, what is going on? What should I know? What should I understand? What can I expect? Mm -hmm. um, and he, he gave me a full entire breakdown of what it was, how it's existed, how long it's existed, how it's going to more. If now that we're in 19, you know, every single piece. And so for me, I said, okay, well, you know, how do we handle that? And, you know, his expert opinion was not to introduce a vaccine in the midst of it to do treatments because he didn't want people to die unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. But again, once we did get to the vaccine and something that is super controversial, I am all about informed 
consent. So right. now we're getting to a place again where there are numbers. And again, we're going back to numbers. The CDC is mm-hmm. taking, you know, certain amounts of those numbers off their website that they have previously mm-hmm. been submitted as COVID deaths. Uh, COVID is real. I am going to say that on record. COVID is real. It did impact so but many families and is communities. It, is, it a, is it a natural let me, disease let me, or is it a bioweapon? Um, I'm going to finish and then we can go there. But Again, it is real and it impacted so many people's lives and us having, again, the debate back and forth Mm -hmm. is what's causing another chasm. So when we're talking about shutting down the strip Mm -hmm. where all these people from all over the world, I think for a very short amount of time, you know, and then we reevaluate. You look at um, how many people come to the strip, so to speak. We're not just a regular community because, you know, look at, you know, South Dakota, look at Mm -hmm. other places. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, again, my point was making sure that we kept small businesses open Mm -hmm. and and making sure we treat them with respect and not saying that only the corporate and the big guys can stay open and the small businesses were the ones. Why do you think the vaccine, because you use the term controversial, I think. yeah. Why? Why do you think the vaccine is controversial? And the reason why I ask you that is because, and we might disagree on this, Mm -hmm. half the world has taken the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I understand it hasn't been out there for four or five years, but if you ask pretty much any infectious disease expert or doctor, they'll tell you if you're going to have any side effect from it, it'll last, uh, it'll be within the first four or six weeks. And by the way, I'm not a doctor. There's a big divide within the doctor's community over the vaccine. There's a big divide. Yes. There, there is, but um, um, but, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna finish in this. The reason why I've said it's controversial sure, sure, sure. is is simply for the fact that when you start mandating something, again, you start dividing people yet again. Instead of coming out with the and vaccine, believe, you're talking correct, about. correct. I and, don't believe you should ever be forced to get the vaccine. Correct. I want to be very clear on that. However, if you work for a company and that company says if you're going to work for us, you have to get the vaccine. Here, I don't have a problem with that because you guys run the company, and I believe you should have the right to make that. Do you disagree with that? Um, again, going back to informed consent. So right. that's something that's really important, and we've allowed mm-hmm. um, exceptions throughout history. So if you submit your, um, say, your religious exemption, medical yeah. exemptions, things along those lines, those have been accepted for anything you know that mm-hmm. has been mandated, and that you're still allowed to work mm-hmm. or even go to school. You know, because right. that's that's a that's a baseline. You know, if if that's your religion. So again, going back to the freedoms of America. Yes, as a corporate company, you do actually have the freedom to mandate. Mm-hmm. You know, something. I don't want to take that away from them. But but that's the same thing with Americans, you know. But and then having the ability to have, you know, exemptions, and it, this is this is again full transparency. But again, you had something that was mandated that should not. I'm against mandates. I'm vehemently against them. As soon as they started coming out, I am vehemently against them. And so we need informed consent always. And as you've seen, even recently, again, which is a tragedy, you have numbers again, raw numbers. When we're talking about numbers, and I, I don't want to misspeak because I saw it in kind of a, a group of other numbers that were taken off of the CDC website that weren't, they were specifically stated and allocated towards children of the children's deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that based on numbers, some people, you know, made decisions for their family out of fear, out of mandates, Do you think we should have never been jobs. forced to wear masks? What are your thoughts on masks? Um, I, th- <laughs> I, I, I personally, um, when I spoke with the expert, he, he was saying that he didn't believe that that was going to actually protect us unless you actually had the ones that were fitted to your the, face. How about the N95s? So even N95s, just the amount of efficacy and having to change that out, he was talking about how we would almost need, he's like, look at, uh, who, who said that this, this is the exactly. guy who's the, the 25, um, I'm not going to share his name. He's a, he's a, someone, which I told you specifically, he's a virologist and immunologist. So you're an anonymous source. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, over, over 25 mm-hmm. years saying that that wasn't effective, that those those masks weren't going to be effective, that you actually have to wear something much more fitted, much more protective in order to to uh, protect you from the particles of the size that it is. Again, I'm, I'm a massive thing. COVID is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely believe it, making sure that it, it does, you know, spread. But when it comes to the efficacy of, you know, these masks and cloth masks and everything, you know. I don't think there's any question that some masks work better than others. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but the big question, yeah. is it a natural disease or is it a bioweapon? Was it made in a lab? Well, whether it was done intentionally or not, my, which obviously I don't know the answer to. It could be one or the other. I don't know. Fair. It doesn't change any of my opinions. Here's why. A lot of people have died. This is a very serious virus. It's killed a lot of people. I was almost one of them. Um, and while we can disagree a little bit on the mitigation factors, uh, I wore a mask all the time, not just for myself, but for others. You're right. Some masks work better than others. But I, I have never spoken to an infectious disease expert or doctor that works in the front lines that has said we shouldn't have worn masks, that they didn't help at all. I've never spoke to anyone that said that. We can uh, you know, talk about how certain masks maybe work better than others and there were inconsistencies. I agree. If you're on a plane, all of a sudden, if you want to take a drink or eat some peanuts, you can take your mask off. There are inconsistencies, and I am with you on that. But there had to be some mitigated factors. This was a global pandemic. It's still not completely gone. I'm so glad we don't have to wear masks now. Let me be clear on that. I don't like masks any better than you guys do. I hated it. It sucked. I hated having to wear masks with me everywhere I went. It was terrible, right? I'm so glad that we're doing better now. But I am a firm believer in the You mean that we're over the mandate of requiring people to wear masks in order to go into business? Um. Yeah, that and the fact that the death toll is way down now. The uh, the counts of people that have gotten COVID are way down. The the ICU units, not even six, seven months ago, okay. were up to capacity. There's, there's a split of narrative, and I do want to share another side to this. On, okay. so, so on one side, the, the part you probably know is that Governor Sisolak is um, doing this to protect the people, and there's this massive thing coming in, whether it was manufactured or if it was natural. We have to defend – we have to protect the people, and therefore that's why these mandates sure. are coming out. There's another story to this, which is that the, that the disease is a bioweapon controlled in a lab, and Sisolak is a puppet of China, and that the forced shutdown is economic warfare against the people, and the requirement to put the masks on is basically a soft power push to try and force people well, to – I think that's with all due respect again I believe that to be a QAnon narrative that I yeah. think is crazy uh, well it's a source um, uh, it's, it's well, a unifying it goes back narrative. to election fraud it goes back to the same thing and what she said if, if people are going to make claims like that they have to have evidence, right? Uh, we could say that I was probed by an alien last night. That doesn't mean I was probed by an alien. Uh, and again, I say this with all due respect. You have to have evidence sure. to back. This is serious stuff. But we're have you about actually here. gone to QAnon.pub? I've heard what QAnon okay. supporters believe so, in. So you I, didn't go down the rabbit hole of QAnon. I, I never would you're because on I the think outside it's crazy. And you just think you're, you're writing it off as crazy. No, I think it's crazy. But you haven't done the due diligence, gone down there and go, okay, this is this is a bunch of crap. I, I, I went down deep, dude. I went down deep into it. Alt-right channels all right. on BitChute and actual I'm gonna website. Speak, and I'm going to speak from an ind- – I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to tell both of you this. A lot of I'm truth speaking from an independent perspective now. Lots. If you want somebody like me to vote Republican – I'm not going to vote for a Republican that believes in conspiracy theories. I'm going to vote for a Republican that has core principles, that talks about the economy, that talks about inflation. How do we get people back to work? How do we get strong leaders in office? We talked about that in the first segment. Uh, 
Those are the type of Republicans that I'm going to support. Now, listen, there are Democrats that are conspiracy theorists also. I don't like Ilhan Omar any more than Marjorie Taylor Greene. I believe, and again, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm trying to be respectful here. And I understand your opinion. But I think, I think, in order to get things, and you can tell me if you disagree or not, to get things done in Washington, I believe we need reasonable Republicans and Democrats that can work with one another. And when we have extremes on both sides, I think that's that makes it more difficult. Do you? I, I've called. I, I said that you know I stepped into an office. I'm not saying the individual because again, sometimes you don't need to reveal individuals. I stepped into this individual's mm-hmm. office, and he's like, "You realize I'm a Democrat?" And I said, "Yes." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Why are you here?" I said, "We need to learn to play nice in the sandbox." Mm-hmm. I agree um, because yeah. I, I was I was building something out. I agree. Um, and so for me, again, on record, this is the one thing that I think that. What we're going to, you know, disagree on is just, you know, from the very beginning. And I'm speaking from someone who who's pretty frail. I have uh, growing up, I had my twin cut out of me. Sure. Half my liver was cut out. One oh of my, my adrenal glands. I grew up a sick kid. Sorry to hear that. And so Whoa. when 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 I'm Oof. I'm making these decisions and people are talking about the ones that, that that were frail, I'm one of those individuals who've had to watch every single cold that's coming across the table. Right, so right. when when uh, you know I looked at the data personally, I, I spoke to experts, multiple mm. ones about masks. I was like, okay, you know, we don't need to be masking our kids. We don't need it. There are people mm. who are. Huh? It's deep. Uh, there are people who um, needed them for multiple reasons, you know, because there are elderly. We did need to protect certain people. Sure. Uh, I, I technically was one of them, but that wasn't. I was personally, I'm like, okay, I would rather get this and, and get a version of it so that my body can fight it off because that's Understood. how it's always approached Understood. It. But from what I heard from people, it, it, and I think you'll agree with me on this because you alluded to it a little bit, it's not always just about you. It's also about protecting others. You get the virus, I'm sure, you know, you'll probably be fine, right? But I'm thinking about other people as well. And I understand your point about how some masks work better than others. And, and there, I think there's some validity to that. I really do. But when I put on a mask... Way more important than masks are vitamins. Vitamin C and vitamin D are mm-hmm. going to protect your internal organs and your body way more than that there's cloth no question, outside of your there's face. There's no question that if your immune system is good and you're healthy, you have a better chance. The of, vitamins are going to help that immune but, system, though. And, and that very well might be true. But I try to get... I, I don't, And I'm not saying you get your information from these people, but I think some Republicans do. I don't get my medical information from Donald Trump or Tucker Carlson or right wing radio. Well, uh, I get my I try to get as much information as possible from the people who save my lives, infectious disease experts. And you're right. Vitamins are good. I'm not saying you're wrong. Not just uh, good. They're great. No problem. I, I, and, and, and I'm and I'm jumping in on that because again, that's how I've spent my entire life yeah. is making sure that I'm healthy and that my immune sure. support and that is with everything that from bioavailable, even having those conversations because we can go down the ra- that There's rabbit no hole. Question. And so in just being There's, able to absorption, you know, you you can't non heme no iron versus heme iron. There's yeah. just so many different. If you things take you care of yourself, you're, you're absolutely. Correct. But as you know, there's a lot of people in this country that do not. I'm probably one of them. I don't eat good. I don't exercise enough. Uh, there's no question about that. And the people, the look ma- oh, transparency is yeah, happening. Yeah, the overwhelming majority of <laughs> the people, great awakening. <laughs> not all, but the overwhelming majority of people that have died of COVID or people yeah. that had comorbidities. There's no Correct. question about Correct. that. Here's what I want to do because I have another guest coming in in a few minutes, but I want to give yeah. you guys an opportunity uh, because we've talked about a lot of subjects here. Why yeah, should oh, yeah. people vote for you? Talk about so when we come back, if you could stick around for just a couple more minutes, yeah. uh, I want you guys to, to get an opportunity to say why people should vote for you and, and just give your platform. Does that sound okay? As long as I can uh, use the restroom first. Absolutely. No, hold it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Appreciate you guys coming in studio, and uh, we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
All right, welcome back. Pushing the limits on a Tuesday. So glad you could join us. We have Sherelle Mendenhall in studio. She's running for the U.S. Senate. Had the pleasure of meeting her the other day. Like her, like her vehicle, by the way. It's got her face on there, and nobody wants. <laughs> oh yeah, we're looking through a window yeah. right now. We can see her SUV, and it's all coded. That's scary. And, uh, people, if I, if I put my face on my vehicle, people would just run away. Not so. only is it exceptionally <laughs> colorful, but it's also like glittery. Like it's got it's like very a, nice. an aura around it. I have to say, it's, it's immaculate. A, it's very cool. I have to say, I like it. Uh, yeah. And that's also John Gerdart. He is uh, running for Nevada Secretary of State. Appreciate you both being here. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to give you both the opportunity to talk a little bit about your campaign, why people should vote for you and where they can go. Uh, John, let me start with you. So where yeah. can people go to learn a little bit more about you? Sure. Well, I want to take it back to one discussion that we had a couple minutes ago, which is sure. about the uh, party divide. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I can vote for a Republican. And from my perspective, it's not really... It's not really a divide between Republicans and Democrats. It's really not. There is a bigger divide mm-hmm. beyond the party lines because it's so easy to change your party. Um, it, the, the bigger divide is between the, let's say, the, um, the New World Order and mm-hmm. the, the local grassroots patriots. Mm-hmm. And the patriots have a tough time winning because, you know, the central bank backs the New World Order candidates. So um, I'm running because... I'm an outsider, and I've got a unique opinion. And, you know, it's 200 bucks to, to sign up and run. I will give you that. You definitely have some unique opinions. I'm not going to lie. I'm an outsider, <laughs> and I am unlike the other candidates mm-hmm. across the board running. Mm-hmm. So I just I, – I've been deep into the Recall Sisolak campaign. I manage mm-hmm. the RecallSisolak.org website. And I have a state – I have a, my own independent copy of the statewide voter data. Explain that to me. Um, I dis- Article 2, Section well, 9 in our no, state no, no. constitution. I, mean, I, get, I get you have the right to do that. Gives the people the petition power to replace our politicians. I get that. Okay. Uh, I totally understand that. But you're not going to find anybody that despises Donald Trump more than me. Okay. But I didn't start a recall effort because I didn't think it would work because he was a duly elected official. Sisolak was elected. But, but Article 2, Section 9 is gives the people the power to replace duly elected officials. So what has he done that you think he should be just thrown out of office? Sisolak, what has he done? Yeah, so, what has when, he done? when COVID came out, the news that I was getting is that he's yeah. starting economic warfare against the people and he's supporting the New World Order. Okay. From where? Where do you get? Where are you getting that from? That he he's trying to make you suffer, and he's intentionally, you know, throwing come this. Come on, in. Brian. Well, no, I'm asking where you. Where did it come from? I'm asking you a very serious question. Where did you get that information from? It's a very fair question. When you make an accusation like right. that, you have to have facts to back up that up. You're running for office. When okay. you make a statement like that, that it's a new world order, and you're basically making the claim that Sislak. Gave did this on purpose that wanted all these people to suffer and die businesses people that are six feet underneath the ground you're, you're basically calling him a murderer if you call the governor a murderer or anybody once he's recalled he needs to be tried for war crimes yeah okay so where's your evidence of the war crimes I'm asking no 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 I'm leading a recall effort to exercise my constitutional understood right to replace the governor and you have the right to do that but now, you, now I'm not I'm not the lead investigator I don't have all the evidence I'm not going to be the I'm not asking you for all the evidence you I'm asking are, you for actually, any evidence. It, well, you, it's the same thing. You still are. So you don't have any evidence, but you're calling our governor a war criminal. I have. Uh, Give me one solid piece of evidence that he's a war criminal. But I'd have to get out the computer. I'd have to go to the video that I made, and it would be something that okay. you'd be like, ah, okay, that's fair whatever. enough. All I'm simply saying is, if you call some a politician a war criminal, you probably should have something to back up that opinion. That's I all I'm saying. I think that he should be tried for war crimes after he successfully. Okay, recalled. I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna stop this because again, you have the opportunity to tell the voters. So this isn't about you and Brian. I want you to just take a minute, tell us for 60 seconds, tell the voters who you are and why they should vote for you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Well, you know, <laughs> just just a patriot who's gotten deep into the voter data, and and, and I've got you know a ton of experience with it, and um. It, it, 
I've looked into that Nevada Revised Statutes, and there's a lot of problems with it. And um, there's a lot of politicians these days who follow and um, um, are subservient to the Nevada Revised Statutes gotcha. over our state constitution. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those candidates who's read our state constitution and mm-hmm. knows about the problems with the NRS and will not make the NRS supersede the Constitution, which is what everyone else basically does, the Constitution supersedes the, the, the NRS. And, gotcha. and on top of that, you know... Where more, can they follow you? Where can they follow you? Thank you. It's um, qjohn.org. Qjohn.org. Well, listen, I think we all could agree that the great thing about this country is we all could share our different opinions. It doesn't mean we're going to agree on everything, but you have the right to run for office. You have the right to your opinions. Yes. And I appreciate you being here and sharing those opinions. I I, I really do. Uh, So, uh, Sherelle Mendenhall, let's go to you now. Um, Tell me a little bit more about your campaign. Uh, We've learned a lot about your vehicle. (laughs) Learned a little bit about you as well, and I'd love to get a little bit more time to learn about your experiences and your sister that's been missing, right, Mm -hmm. for four years. I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, um, but let's talk a little bit about your campaign and, and what you stand for. You alluded to it a little bit when we started. Cole. Yeah, I, I think just, you know, for time uh, purposes, um, one thing that you just need to know is that when I take a look at an issue, what I'd like to do is is find the data, find the facts and have a plan of execution to make sure that we're going to be moving forward, because that's important to me. There are so many things that are on the line. We have been arguing over education and how it's declining, but yet we're not building anything. We're talking about things getting passed like the 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 cannabis bill and no one read into the fact that it's not federal life so it went into a general fund and it's not allowed or legal to go directly to the school so it went to a general fund Mm. article 4 section 39 covers that so so Mm. something that's really important to me is that uh, we start shifting the narrative in general that we want leaders in order to step into these positions where they Mm. are going to serve they are going to be accountable you mentioned it earlier transparency transparency is very 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 important Mm. and uh, especially with politicians absolutely and 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 it is something where we need to have a conversation again to where we can move things forward. It isn't just like, hey, because I'm R, because I'm D, I'm going to stand here. And even though uh, I know that I'm wrong, I'm not going to you know, vote for you know, the thing that's right. It's that we have a conversation. We together build a plan around health care. We build plans around education. We build them around our water. And for me personally, that is aggressively what I'm going to be going after mm-hmm. is from a business perspective. Sure. You can follow me at Sherelle, the number four, Senate.com. My name is Sherelle Mendenhall, and I'm going to be doing doing my part to mend the nation, and that is why I'm asking for sure, your vote. Sherelle, Sherelle if, if you get elected, will you go to the Senate and will you ask the legislature if Nevada can tax the United States on the land that it owns? Why? Because it owns 70% of Nevada's land. I, I understand that. And in our state constitution, it basically says that we have to ask the federal legislature uh, in order to tax the United States on the land that it owns in the I haven't Nevada. delved into that. I haven't delved into that, so I don't have that. All right. Personally, I will say, that's what I want the most. I will say this, though. You mentioned education, and we all can probably agree that the Clark County School District is awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, our school district here is terrible. It doesn't mean there aren't some good teachers out there, because there are. I know some of them personally. A uh, l- couple more minutes here. Okay. Uh, since you brought up schools, and I know you're yeah. passionate about that, and I agree with a lot of you said about about that number one i think our problem is some of our teachers are not getting paid enough money you, you can't expect someone making thirty thousand dollars a year to put the effort forth that they should uh and a lot of them are overrun and overworked uh i also believe that parenting has a lot to do with this i think we have some bad parents out there quite mm-hmm. frankly that don't force their kids to do their homework and go to school and act appropriately there's not accountability within the school district if you have a teacher that says something stupid or does something stupid i am so sick of the conversations about critical race theory because it's not being taught for the most part in our schools maybe there's a few crazy teachers out there that are and it's wrong but this idea that again this is another whole nother topic distracting narrative um, i don't think yeah well i agree with you we Mm -hmm. agree i i think maybe at the college level but 
it's not happening in our schools. I mean, it, not to the point where Republicans seem to want – I don't think critical race theory is the problem here. I think the problem here is we need to pay our teachers more money. We need better teachers. We need better parenting, and we need better education just as a whole. So, uh, I like again, when I'm addressing things, I like to go to the root cause. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm going to speak from experience. because The I root think cause so, is state constitution. Okay. Well, let me let me speak real quick. Oh. Um, sure. So the root cause, you know, as we've uh, adapted and grown and kind of built, you know, a, a certain um, testing program. I grew up in Oregon, and like I said, I was in you know leadership class. I learned to drive a tractor. I was in shop you, class. You, you grew up in the boonie docks, huh? <laughs> I did. I did. I like that. Backwoods country girls. What I they like say, that. You know? I, and you know there are things that I learned that if you did something wrong, you actually would hurt yourself. So you actually had to have critical yeah. thinking. You had to make sure that you built these uh, structures properly, sure. Sure. where they would fall. And there's so many. I was. I, I, I had the honor and privilege to be in parliamentary procedures. I was in FFA. I was in all these different programs that again make me like i take a look and i'm so thankful for because they make me a well-rounded individual mm-hmm. um again math important english important history important yeah. all these different things so when i'm talking about just having teachers being paid i actually want to look at even what is being taught first and foremost sure, sure, sure. and what is that doing because psychologically obviously we're doing the same thing over and over again and we're getting the same results so is that what we need to be doing no i'm going to mm. take a look and i want to i want to rewind and say what is it that we did wrong? Where along the way did we lose it? And again, do I love our teachers? And do I, do I believe that our teachers need to be paid well? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask a different question. Why and how do we get here? And it's not just pay because that, that's, oh, that's, no, one, that's one, one yes, element. One, one I agree. Element, but I, I want to yeah. bring it all the way back because, again, we had a home yeah. ec. You had music. You had all right, these right. things where kids got to dabble in them. And, yeah. and, and you the got government to is pulling back courses. Correct. Pulling Co- back the education, the opportunity for the kids. For, yes. And so, so I want to, again... Mm-hmm. Take a different look at it, whether it's amount of time that's allocated per different class. And so that sure. way we can make sure that we're integrating more electives. Mm-hmm. You know, again, and I, I haven't fully flushed that out. I am, I'm literally delving into each piece because I like yeah. wanting to see but, what the root cause is. But I want more Republicans talking about that, what you just spoke about, and less about critical race theory and how our teachers are, are all liberal and they're, and they're teaching our kids to not vote for Donald Trump. Again, are there a few whack jobs out there? Yes. Mm -hmm. But the overwhelming majority of teachers out there are not doing that. And they're not not telling a bunch of second graders to please be gay or get a a sex change. It's not happening. But there is an increasing movement and that attention has been brought up. But but, but besides that point. That's where you can stand on your piece and say, hey, let's ban it. Right. In in that conversation so that that way it's taught, you know, at a a, a college level because it has been. I think if a second grader raises his hand and says, I have two dads, what does that mean? Or if a second grader raises his hand and says, what does it mean to be gay? I don't think there's anything wrong with a teacher saying. Saying some, not being graphic about it, but saying sometimes men are attracted to men, sometimes women are attracted to women. And according to Ron DeSantis's new bill, a teacher can't even do that. Do sometimes teachers go too far? Absolutely. Should there be a boundary? Absolutely. But many people who are gay tell me they knew they were gay when they were five or six years old. I don't think there's anything wrong with a first or second grader asking the question. Mm. I'm not saying a teacher should be proactive in talking about what it is to be gay, but you know, I'll be honest with you. When I was in first or second grade, we're running out of time here. When I was in first or second grade, uh, I used derogatory terms of someone that is gay. I didn't know what that word meant, Mm -hmm. and I used it. I think it'd be actually good to educate. Again, not talk about being sexually explicit, but if a second or third grader wants to know what does it mean to be gay and they're proactive in asking the question, I see nothing wrong with a very generic basic answer like I just gave you and then say if you want to learn more, talk to your parents. Brian, I think there's a deeper root cause, a problem in our our, uh, state-run 
government-run mm-hmm. school system, and that is black market economy. I think there are kids that are like, actively being sought out. They're being abused, and no one's talking about it, and the teachers who are committing the crimes are just getting moved around. Well, any teacher that commits any crime, I want them to be held accountable to and the fullest not. extent and of the law. they're not. And, yeah. and another big problem with the teachers not getting paid enough is that they're getting paid from property taxes. So what are you going to do? You're going to increase property taxes in order to pay the teachers more? In a moment where we I waste think our a lot of money, our government really wastes just, a lot of money in this country on a but, lot of stupid but it, things. But, but are they stupid or are they just getting it in their own pockets? Are uh, they, are well, maybe devious? a little bit of both. Right. Maybe so, a little bit of both. Do you disagree with what I just said, though? If a second grader raises his hand mm-hmm. and says, can you please, teacher, tell me what it, what it means to be gay? A generic answer. Do you think there's something wrong with that? So uh, people aren't giving generic answers. And so for me, what I'm trying to do is make sure Mm -hmm. that we're protecting it and Mm -hmm. we're putting something in there that isn't going to be this argument back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so I actually am talking to experts in the mental health field of how it's going to be impacting the entire class when those are done. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing an entire deep dive instead of just having a a, a quick answer to you. um, Because again, this is really important. And I do believe that, you know, and I'm hopeful that parents are going to step Mm -hmm. into that role and start having that conversation. That's a big part of this. And and, and so that's, that's something that's really important for me no but question. again I, I can give you a quick one. Uh, that specific example no i don't think there's a problem with it yeah. you know quickly explain it as a but teacher and then move do. on to your class but, but at do. the same time but it, but at the same time when that's happening some people are taking it as anytime you give someone an inch they take a mile so it's just like psychologically well, I'm, I'm just doing a deep dive making sure you. that we're doing the right things and what we institute and what mm-hmm. we say yep. is in fact something that we're going to back up because if I, th- I just say that and if i agree with you then that means i'm going on understood record, and so i'm not going to do so, that when but, i haven't had all the you're going to dc in order to write legislation that yes. is going to affect people and how they physically operate. Yes. Yeah. So, so what exactly? Like, what words can you do to control the people to you know get those teachers to just all be good? So stuff. So you actually write out something again when I'm saying that I'm doing the data and mm-hmm. I'm doing the research. Mm-hmm. You're writing that out. So once you get there, you can actually write something that mm-hmm. is very definitive and it gives you hard guidelines because that's one of the biggest things that we've done is we have had soft lines, we've had blurry lines. Mm-hmm. So people are stepping outside yep. of that. It, and we have. In closing, I'll just say this because we're running out of time yeah. and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier we need to get rid of extremes i don't think what you're saying is an extreme i I don't disagree with you but i think we need to meet somewhere in the middle and 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 i have no problem with the research that you're doing uh i also believe if a second or third grader raises their hand and wants to know what it means to be gay uh, a teacher can responsibly answer that question without being explicit i do believe we can do both but let me say this i'd like to have both of you uh at different times maybe alone in studio so we can maybe get deeper thank you for letting me on the show and sure sure sure. your time Uh, i I would like love to have both of you on again maybe maybe alone next time so we can actually dive into more topics because unfortunately i think we only got into like three or four you're topics. a great interview and, but, well and, i appreciate that deep. thank you really i appreciate uh, Cheryl uh, mendenhall running for u.s senate and uh, john uh, gerdart nevada secretary of state i appreciate you both being here thank you so much and, and, and I, I wish got you the a present best of for you after the show I'm i appreciate give you a present that. i want to thank you so as long much as it's not a show. QAnon poster i'll accept yeah, it absolutely all not. right no, no. <laughs> coming up next we are going to have tatiana shigala in, in studio talk a little bit about her family in the ukraine we'll take a quick break be back right after this uh pushing the limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. That was a very interesting discussion. I could tell that Cheryl was getting a little bit frustrated. Uh, not because of the questions that I, that I was asking, but uh, for other reasons. We'll talk about that later. But, uh, you know, it's a tragedy what is going on in the Ukraine. It's a tragedy. We see the images of dead bodies, explosions at the hands of a murderous, evil dictator in Vladimir Putin. And I've had people from Ukraine, 
from Russia who have family there that have joined me in studio to talk about the hardships and what they have to face on a daily basis. I've talked to them about that, and uh, I want to continue to spread the message. Uh, Our allies, the strong people of Ukraine, and you know what? There's a lot of really good people in Russia that do not agree with what Vladimir Putin is doing, and trust me when I say they are suffering as well. So the young lady we have with us in studio right now, her name is Tatiana. She has family in Ukraine, including her father, who is 72 years old, uh, her brother, who is 38, his wife, her cousin, who is 46, and they're all staying in Ukraine in her father's condo. So I can't really imagine what they're going through. Tatiana, I, I really do appreciate you coming here. How are you? Um, hey, hello, everybody. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, so I'm sorry. So uh, I'm so sorry what, what, what you must be going through. I can't imagine the emotional toll and the stress that you're going through not knowing uh, what's going on. How often are you able to talk to members of your family? Well, actually, they're staying in Kharkiv, Ukraine, and it's a very big city. It's like mm-hmm. two and a half, three million people. Uh, where are they at right now? They do have power, they have water, and they do have internet. So I'm able to uh, speak to them every single day, and I message throughout the day. Um, well, where my father is staying is safer. It, there's not that much, that much damage to the city. Where my uncle and my aunt were living their building is pretty much gone. This is why my cousin is staying with my father now. So when was the last time you spoke with your dad? Uh, this morning. How is he doing? Um, he's doing okay. He's doing fine. Uh, but my father is very emotionally unavailable. So it's very difficult to understand what is going on inside of him. Uh, my cousin is freaking out, of course. Yeah. Um, my brother and his wife are kind of scared as well. But neither my brother or my um, cousin can leave the country because of the age. Mm. Men 18 to 60 are not allowed to leave the country. Even when you're under attack and under a war? No, because right now there's a war in Ukraine, so they have to stay and protect the country. Wow. So both of them, my cousin and my brother, they have registered with the military. But because they don't have any military background, they're kind of just waiting. If, they, if they're being cold... To stand for the country, they will, but um, they have no military background. Oh, my gosh. I hate to say it this way, but maybe that's why you guys are kicking butt and and, and just – I hate to use the term winning. I don't like to use the term winning a war when you have so many innocent people that have died, but you guys are – are, are obviously very tough people, and I think your country is doing a phenomenal job in defending themselves in what is a, a, an awful situation. With that being said – what do you make of Vladimir Putin, and what do you make? What does your family make of what Vladimir Putin has done to your people and continues to do? Well, my father have never liked Vladimir Putin, and I used to defend him in the past, like maybe like ten, fifteen years ago, because um, I thought that Russia needed a strong leader. But right now, it's not just about him; it's about most of the Russians as well. Because when I'm um, I was a part of Russian community in Las Vegas. It was Russian speakers. It did not matter where you're from. As long as you spoke Russian, we were all together helping yeah. each other. But right now, I had to leave all of those um, all of those communities because Russians do support Putin. They tell us Ukrainians... You think the overwhelming this- majority do? 
Most of them, yes. Why? I know. Well, because they choose to watch the Russian channels, even though they do have they do have yeah. an access to anything yeah. they want to watch. That's incredible to me. I mean, this is a man who just in, and I know we agree on this. Who just invaded a country for no other reason other than to spew his power and kill innocent people. I mean. It's hard for me to talk about this, but I heard the stories. I can't even imagine how hard it is for you to hear this, but I hear the stories just this week of these soldiers that are raping women in front of their children. I mean, war crimes and atrocities. Uh, You've seen the images. I mean, how could anybody, anybody, unless they're in fear for their life, support what Vladimir Putin and and his people are doing? I don't understand. Well, I mean, either I understand of someone who's staying in Russia and um, the only access they have to media is Russian channels. I get right, it. Right. And they're afraid for their own life or life of their own children or whatnot. I get it. But if you live in the United States or somewhere else, like, for example, they just had like a, a column of cars in Germany with Russian flags supporting Russia. So I don't know what those people are thinking. Like when I watch those videos from Bucha where you see all these dead bodies, they're all civilians. There is no military there. And they were all killed by Russian soldiers, raped mm. and killed. And Russians, what I hear from Russians in the United States and Las Vegas particularly, they do say that all this is fake. All these bodies were like brought from somewhere else. And it does not matter what I tell them. They just want – that's what they want to believe and that's what they want to see. When you see these images on TV and you know that your your father is there, your brother's there, your cousin's there, uh, I can't really imagine what, what is going through your mind at that time when you see these images. I mean what is going through your mind when you see this stuff? Well, I mean I'm mentally burned out so I can't really say right now. But I think my father is ready to die. He's I'm ready. so sorry to hear that. When you, you when you say that, do you feel like your father, in a sense, has almost given up when you speak to him? He, 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 or is it just, I want this to be over, I hope, because I've heard from some people, and they speak to their families, those families are telling them, listen, if something happens to me, I just want it to happen really quickly, and I don't want to suffer. Um, is that why you say that, or do you feel like your dad is just, he's had enough when you talk to him? My father had enough, plus... Him watching all that and seeing people supporting that to him is like a hell. It's like end of the world. So he doesn't want to live in this world anymore. Well, and he it, would rather die than be mm-hmm. under Russia. Right. I don't. I don't blame him for that. I mean, it pains me to hear that. And you know, you're not alone. There's so many other stories of people that I've talked to because there's a lot of people from the Ukraine that live here, right, in yeah. Las Vegas. A, a good Ukraine contingency. And, you know, a friend of mine is from Russia, and she said she can't even text her family about Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Any type of criticism or anything, they can be killed or, or face up to 10 years in jail or something ridiculous. Um, so that's why I say I do believe there's a lot of people in Russia that are against Vladimir Putin, but they're afraid to speak up or say anything in fear that they would lose their lives. You know, and, and that's why I say as Americans, as an American, we need to stand up and, and keep this story going every day and support uh people like yourself and, and your family. I, I hope your father gets through this. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I, I, I hope and pray, you know, but I can't, when I see these images of families and people that have lost their lives, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see. And and what's even more upsetting is for what? You know, for what? You know, when we were going after Osama bin Laden and we were trying to found Al-Qaeda, yes, innocent people died and it was horrible, horrible. And I never want an innocent person to suffer or die. 
But the one thing I will say about that is that we were going after terrorists. We were going after people that were trying to not just harm Americans, but the entire world. Vladimir Putin has started a war for no reason. That country did nothing to Russia. Nothing wrong. What do you make of um, President Zelensky? Because I think he's a hero. I think he's done a phenomenal job, and I think he's a great man. What, what do you make uh, your thoughts on, on President Zelensky? Well, the most of the people that I know back home, 80% of them did elect the Zelensky. And uh, because they thought that he's a younger man and he's going to change direction Ukraine is going into. And I was never like a big fan of him, to be honest with you. But uh, right now he's stating he's fighting for the country. So right now, yeah, he is my hero that he's standing, he's fighting for the country. But I want to just say something about the Putin because, mm-hmm. like, yes, he started the war. But all these um, creatures, I can't call them humans, they are in Ukraine raping children, women, burning them, killing them. That's not because they're afraid for their life. Right. It's because they're maniacs. I mean, right. I can't understand. I do not want to live in this world either where it's okay to just go and kill the child, to rape the woman or child, or to just, like, I don't know, just strip them naked and then shoot them. Like, who does it? Like, right. whom do you have to be? Like, well, to me, to are they on yeah. drugs? I'm like, I don't understand because I don't believe that a normal human being is capable you're, of doing something like that. You're 100% right. And let me reemphasize or, or be clear. Yes, there are plenty of people, I believe, in Russia that are not killing innocent people that are in that country that are not willing to speak out against Putin because they're in fear of their lives. But there are also some of the troops and some people in Russia that are committing war crimes. And it's one thing to have to do what you need to do to, to protect yourself and your family. It's another thing to rape people and kill people. So you're absolutely right. Uh and again, when I heard some of these stories over the last couple of days, uh, I, the first people I thought of was Al Qaeda because that's the kind of stuff that they do. You know, they rape rape women in front of their families and and just commit more crimes left and right. Uh, I think of Osama bin Laden. You know, I, I, uh, that's that's what I think about. I think of uh, the situations going on in the Middle East for decades and decades. I never thought it'd be happening in the Ukraine and that uh, at the hands of, of Russian oligarchs and troops. Uh, I, I just. I, it's hard for me to even put it into words when I see this sort of stuff. So I hear a, there are some people in Russia that have been able to flee. They've gone to Poland and other countries. And I know all the airports have been blown to smithereens. But explain this to me why your family was unable. Did they try to go to Poland and other countries? And why were they unable? Well, um, my cousin and my brother is not allowed to leave. So my mm-hmm. father's not going to leave them there. <laughs> He's not going to leave my brother and my cousin. Uh, my aunt and my uncle, they left. They are in Austria right now. But my father is not going to leave without my brother or my cousin. Which is honorable, and I can totally understand that. How are they doing as far as food, water, medical supplies? I've heard that it's very limited. How are they able to get their hands on that? Well, my father, even though he's 72, he has never had a blood work in his life. <laughs> Really? Is yes. that right? He's How a, about that? <laughs> he's afraid of doctors. There's nothing I can well, do or tell him. he's not alone. He's not yeah. alone. Yeah. There's nothing I can t- do or tell him to make him to go and get a blood work. So he's doing okay. Um, my cousin and my brother, I mean, they're healthy, so they're fine. Um, food, they have plenty of food. Uh, there's stores that are still open. There's um, help. In Kharkiv, Ukraine, so they have plenty of food, they're fine. And mostly like my brother and my um, cousin just wander around, they're looking for help. They actually volunteer as well, helping people. Mm-hmm. So they can always find something to eat. So yeah. they're okay on food. 
What do you make of our former president, Donald Trump, and some of the people that are in office today that have said kind words about Vladimir Putin? For example, Donald Trump uh, a few weeks ago calling Vladimir Putin a peacemaker, uh, smart, savvy. I mean, there are politicians in this country today that feel that way about Vladimir Putin. In fact, there are some that have called Zelensky a thug. What do you make of, of some of our politicians in this country that seem to have taken the side of Vladimir Putin? Okay, I can't probably swear on the radio, right? <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> okay, so I have to watch myself. All right, yeah. so... You could call them idiots or morons, though. I do that All of them every day. need to grow <laughs> balls, man up, and actually stand up mm-hmm. together. Because Ukraine by itself is not going to stop them. Yeah. You think that, in the end, this war is not going to be won by Ukraine. You think in the end there's too much artillery from the Russians? And how how much do you think this thing is going to play out? Well, right now, even if... I Like, I watch all the news. I watch Al Jazeera. I even watch Russian news because I'm trying to understand what do they see in their news that blinds them so much. Mm-hmm. I watch everything because I want to know from each side. So... Even though, even if Zelensky, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, wants to maybe like step back, maybe compromise, whatnot, the Ukrainian people and Ukrainian military will not compromise. They'll fight the last soldier. They'll fight for their land. So I don't think that. And uh, my father said that he feels like Ukraine is winning, but Europe needs to help not just with weapons, but actual, like Germany, for example, they ban. Like all the other countries from pretty much like not giving any money to Russia. Like Germany still buy gas from Russia. Germany still buys stuff from Russia. So they're giving the money for Russia to have the weapons and to have the power to fight Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the whole world needs to unite together to stop this war. How That's long, how I feel. How long have you uh, been in this country for? About 15 years. And how long have you been in Las Vegas? Thirteen, thirteen years out of fifteen. What do you think about Las Vegas? I do like Las Vegas. What I always liked about it is there's like people from all over the world. And that's true. I like how people kind of like get along together, and that's what I like about Las Vegas. Yeah, there's a lot of things I like a lot about Las Vegas too. Uh, any spots where you see a lot of people from Ukraine that go to in this city? Um, I actually don't pick and choose my friends upon where they're from or Mm -hmm. the language. I have all kinds of friends. To me, it's all about what kind of human being you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So, no, I don't have You won't be hanging out with me then. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Terrible joke. Um, If you're just joining us for speaking with Tatiana, she has family in Ukraine right now, including her father, her brother, brother's wife, cousin uh, all staying uh and what is the city in ukraine where kharkiv. they are kharkiv okay uh at your father's condo is that mm-hmm. correct yes. wow how long has he owned that condo there for his whole life or oh no it's been maybe like 30 years 30 yeah, yeah about 30 years so stupid question because yeah. there's a lot of stuff about ukraine that i don't know yeah um what's the cost of living out there like if you live in like a an apartment or something like how does i'm just curious well People make like I don't know. I guess the average is like two, three hundred dollars a month. But it's all that's depends. it. Two well, it depends how I lose that in two seconds on a slot machine. By the wow. way, wow. <laughs> and I'm not rich. 
Trust me, my friends can attest to that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, but at the same time, like it's way cheaper. Like for example, the condo that my father owns is like four bedroom, and right now maybe you can. Well, right now you can't buy it for sure. Right shit. now, nobody wants to yeah, buy I anything. Know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, before the war, it was appraised for like forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand yes. dollars for a four bedroom condo. Yes, that's incredible. Well, the wow. same when it comes to food, it's very cheap as well. So, like, so, if I went and I wanted to go, obviously not now with everything that's going on, but in general, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. If I wanted a nice steak dinner at a nice restaurant go on a date what, what does that cost in ukraine well it all depends where you want to go i mean yeah. you can have it at like a nice cafe which is gonna cost you like i don't know like maybe 20 30 bucks that's it or you can mm-hmm. go to some like fancy place yeah. and you can it's probably gonna be more expensive than las vegas really it all depends oh. where you want to go like we have like different well we had different places restaurants um, Ukraine was a very beautiful country before all that started. Like Kharkiv, for example, where I'm from, is the second largest city in Ukraine after the Kiev, and we had the best golf courses in Ukraine. Is golf big there? I didn't know that. Um, well, I mean, I guess it has became big in the last few years, mm-hmm. and even some Europeans would fly into Ukraine to play golf because it's cheaper and it's nice. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I didn't know that. When was the last time you were there? Uh, August, September of the last year. Oh, so you were there very yeah. recently. Oh, I go wow. every year. Oh, that's cool to see your family. Mm-hmm. Did they yeah. ever come out here? Uh, no. No. Hmm. Because I have a big family and um, I have friends. Mm-hmm. So I usually just fly there. So what do you do here in Las Vegas? I know you you own your own business, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, I'm an esthetician. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that, like the mm. products you sell and stuff. No? Is no. it boring? See, I don't know anything about it. No, that. it's just, I don't know. I don't feel like talking about <laughs> That's it. That's fine. Fair enough. We can talk about certainly uh, more important things about what's going on. Uh, so I've said this from the beginning when it comes to Vladimir Putin. I've said that I think the only way to deter him and the only way for this thing to stop is for somebody to take him out. And you know what? Maybe somebody takes over and, and they continue it. I don't know. But what I believe is all the sanctions in the world are not going to stop an evil, murderous dictator. Somebody needs to kill him. Now, I'm not saying America, it's our only responsibility, but he needs to be taken out. Now, do you agree with me? Because I don't think enough politicians are saying that enough. Somebody needs to get rid of this guy. Well, I mean, I feel like killing the guy will be way too easy. So the way it's going right now... Oh my God, you believe in God, but I would just like, I don't know, just killing him would be way too easy. Like, yeah, he needs to be taken out of that country for sure. And um, I don't know what kind of death he deserves, but I, and, and to be honest with you, I don't feel like it's going to stop right there. There'll there's, be other, you feel yeah, like there's be others, other yeah. people who were helping him in this. Like I said, soldiers, their mothers who know where the sons are at and mm-hmm. is still playing that game of it's all fake news. But you know, I, I hear what you're saying. When we captured Saddam Hussein, I don't think he was a threat to this country. He was certainly a threat to his own people in other parts Mm -hmm. of the world. But I thought it was a really amazing moment for the world when they captured him and when the people there were celebrating and that they were freed. I want to see that happen in Russia. I don't know if that would happen. Probably not. Uh, But I remember the images and I remember... When Saddam Hussein was hung by his own people. And I thought that was a very powerful moment. While it might be graphic for some people to see, I watched it and I said, wow, what a moment for the world that we have this evil, murderous man who killed his own people and killed hundreds of thousands of people in his life. And he finally was, in a way, brought to justice. I mean, obviously, you kill that many people, you get killed. That I wouldn't say that's justice, but at least he's gone, mm-hmm. right? And I... <laughs> 
call me crazy, and it could probably start some wars here, but I think of that with Kim Jong-un, who's another evil murderous dictator who our former president wrote love letters to, which is another story. Kim Jong-un has murdered his own people. He murdered his own half-brother. And I think of Vladimir Putin, and I think of him the exact same way. He's responsible for so many innocent people being killed. And while I hear what you're saying when you say it would be too easy, Mm -hmm. I still believe it needs to be done. Uh, I believe we need more than just to take him out of office or put him behind bars. I think the world needs to see him killed and slaughtered. The world needs to get a message, if there's any others out there, that this is what's going to happen to you. If you decide to kill innocent people, we are going to get you. And I think it's a message to the world, and I felt the same way when we got Osama bin Laden. I feel like when uh, our brave men and women in uniform were able to kill Osama bin Laden, it would have been nice to have had some video there. But we know what happened. I thought that was a great moment for the world. It was a great moment in the Obama administration, probably the best moment. Um, Again, I hear what you're saying. Maybe it's too easy. But I think it would be a very powerful moment for the world if we maybe caught on camera, maybe not. Somebody captured Vladimir Putin, and I want to hear him begging for his life. I want to hear that from him. I want to hear him suffer. Because when I see of all... He's done and what he's, uh, what he's putting you through and your family through and so many others. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Um, that's just me. Maybe I'm not a very spiritual person. Maybe uh, I'm not a very religious person. I'm a caring person. I hate to see you and, and so many wonderful people suffer and, and going through what you guys are going through. And I just think he needs to be six feet underneath the ground. That's just me. Um, and, you know, some people have said some things like, you know, kill his family. I'm not going that far. I just want him gone. Um, and I'm just not sure anything else will work. You know, a lot of Republicans want to talk about Biden's not doing enough with sanctions. What are sanctions going to do? You think he's just going to wake up one morning and say, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this anymore? I know, right? Exactly. You know, it, it doesn't no do sense. anything. Right. And some sanctions make no sense. Like Eurovision is like, oh, my God, we're not going to allow Russia to join Eurovision. Yes, that's exactly what is going to make him to stop. He's going to wake up and he's like, oh, shit, that's my best show. Let me not go there anymore. Like, who does it? Right. Like, seriously. Right. Like, I'm, yes, the justice needs to be done. But it's not just him, but the whole entourage. And the whole people of Russia, I don't know, they have to see what is going on in Ukraine for real. It has to be videos. I don't know. They all have to be, like, somehow, some way brought up to Ukraine so they can see what Russia have done to Ukraine. You know, I, I, I don't understand. It's like this guy has all the money in the world. Right, he has all the power any man could possibly want. Uh, he has everything, but it's not enough for him. He's a narcissistic maniac, right? I mean, what more does he possibly want when going into Ukraine other than the fact that he just wants to make Russia bigger? I mean, I can't think of any other reason why he's doing it. It's not for money. If this was a money situation and he really cared about his own people, he wouldn't have done this because there's a lot of people financially in Russia now that are struggling because of what he's done. So to me, it's only about personal power and ego. I mean, I don't think I, I can't think of any other reason why he would do this. Well, uh, to me, it seems like he hates Ukraine. I don't know what for. Why? But, but the speech that he have, I mean, Russia have always fought Ukraine because Ukrainians always trying to be independent. They never going to be a part of the Soviet Union. They always fought for their freedom. So um, the the speech that Putin have. He gave the speech before he started that special operation that mm-hmm. he calls, saying that Ukraine is not even a real country. It was invented 
but some politician a while right. ago. Like, okay, well, then in that case, for all the Russians who do believe in that, like, let's look at the Ukrainian history. Let's see, we have our own language, like, uh, that goes back, like, thousands of years. Right. We have our own, like, clothing, the instruments. Like, we have all that stuff. Where did all that come from? So to me, like, to me, to, to him, it's personal. It seems like, I don't know if it's true or not, but I read somewhere and I heard from like multiple people that Putin was spending lots and lots of money. He was spending millions of dollars on trying to like, um, I don't know, kind of like ruin Ukraine from inside out. So he was buying some politicians in Ukrainian government. And um, I guess most of those Russians just stayed in the pockets of Russian politicians who are supposed to spend that money on Ukrainians. So maybe he was hoping or maybe he thought it's going to go a different way. In like three, four days, Ukraine is just going to, like, I don't know, join Russia. Like, I- I'm not sure what he what he thought, what he was expecting, I'm not sure what is going on there. I just, but it seems personal to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree 100%. What do you think people can do, Americans, people in Las Vegas? What do you want from uh, us uh, as Americans uh, to support you guys? What do you think Joe Biden can do? I know that's kind of a loaded question. If you were Joe Biden, what would you do? But what, what can we do as Americans, and what do you think the administration here should do? Well, I mean, should and have to, there's different things. To be honest with you, like, when there were war in Syria or Afghanistan, there's always something going on. Did I worry about it much? No, not really. Yes, I did. I maybe cried a little when I saw those like children or so, but it was so far from me, I did not worry about it too much. So I don't expect any Americans to be too involved with this. Like, whomever wants to help, thank you so much for that. Otherwise, I understand it's very far from you guys. So mostly people worry about prices of gas or some other expenses they have every single day. So, like, yeah, I would like the whole world to unite and help Ukraine but at the same time like I don't expect anybody to because what did I do when there was war in Syria or Afghanistan what did I do nothing yeah, nothing well, maybe not I made a post exactly. but yeah. it's not even that it's just like till it hits you you don't understand right. like for example I have a bunch of American friends on my Facebook and all the posts that I'm sharing about Ukraine well, there were a couple of comments here and there, maybe like, I don't know, like a thumb up or I'm not sure. But then there was a post about some American girl who got lost somewhere or she died. Just one single girl, which every life matters. Absolutely. I don't want anybody to lose their child or family member. No, but there were more comments and there were more like... I guess worry about that little girl, but how many children are dying every day in Ukraine? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you make a valid point there, all the wars happening, and there really wasn't much that I did, right? I mean, you're right about that. At the same time, I think there's things we could do to raise money for families in Ukraine. Uh, I know there's a, a bunch of charity events that have taken place throughout the country, and I think it's important for us to keep talking about it from my personal perspective, to hear stories from you, to hear people uh, like you who are struggling, that have families um, in Ukraine that are fighting for their lives. We have to continue to talk about it. I think that's important. We can't let the story go away because of everything that's going on and the suffering. So I think that's important. That's what I try to do. I try to continue to cover it and speak my mind about Vladimir Putin, who I think is a despicable, evil, murderous dictator. And I hope he dies and I hope he suffers. I mean, I will say that every single day. But luckily in America, I have the freedom to say that. If I even come close to making a statement exactly. like that in Russia, I'm dead. Exactly. Um, and I am so happy that I live here and I'm not there under his evil 
murderous regime. Like I said, people can't even text about him. They can't even use the term war or they could go to jail for 10 years. I can't even imagine what it is like to live like that. I can't even imagine, right? Um, so you're able to text your family? I mean, you're able to... Yeah, yeah, we do communicate. Um, and uh, I'm in touch with my family every single day. Like I said, my aunt and my uncle, they're in Austria right now. I have some people in Poland, Germany. Um, so, I mean, I still have a lot of friends and family in Ukraine. Like my best friend, is she's staying in Ukraine because her mom refuses to leave. Mm. So she's not going to go anywhere without her mom. Mm. So she's just staying there with her. But I, we've been friends since we were like four years old. So she's kind of like a sister to me. And she lives very close to my father, maybe like five minutes away. Yeah. So my father checks on them every day. She checks on my father. So they kind of like help each other. Like, for right. example, if she goes and she sees some like potatoes or something, she'll buy some for my father mm. as well. And then he will like, hey, we bought some, you know, like whatever sausages or some cheese. Do you want some? Come over and get yeah. some. Yeah. So people actually united and they're helping each other. If this might be a hard question for you to answer, but I've asked this to other people from Ukraine. If you had a chance, any opportunity at all, to sit face-to-face with Vladimir Putin, what would you say to him? I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think there's anything I can tell the guy. He's a sociopath, so it doesn't matter what I tell him. He's, it's going to be pointless. So why do you even waste my energy? Mm-hmm. When all that just started happening... Um, Yes, I was trying to. I used to go online and like make comments to people that I know who like uh, pr- like to support the Russia. And then I understood that it's it's pointless. So there's nothing I can tell them or nothing I can show them to prove that they're wrong. So I mean, I would not even take the opportunity. I don't care. How about Zelensky? Um, I mean, I would say thank you for staying with the country and actually fighting for it. Yes, absolutely. Isn't it amazing that here we have a guy who's just an actor, right? Exactly. And, comedian, yeah, actually. A comedian. Not just, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's in the entertainment world. And, and, and you see what this guy has done. And, and, and you know what I loved? Uh, the moment that I thought was poignant. We certainly wouldn't get that from Donald Trump. But, you know, he was asked about his family. And I guess obviously he hasn't seen his family in probably mm-hmm. a, m- a month or so, I think he said. Yeah. And he started to break down a little bit and, and cry and, and said, yeah, I, I wish my family well. I've been able to see them. And, you know, and and I just said to myself, isn't that nice to just see a normal human being uh, care about his family and show empathy like he has for all? Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a very – I don't know. I just thought that was – even though it's sad, at the same time, it's, it's a good moment for a president showing that, hey, I'm human too. I'm going through just what – all you other people are going through in this country. I haven't been able to see my family. I'm just like what you're going through, in a sense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't know if his family's safe. And I know, obviously, I'm sure they have a lot of security, but you never know, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Zelensky is target number one for Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. He is target number one right now. Um, so I, I thought that was um, emotional, uh, but I appreciated the fact that he was being honest. And I, I think he's a great leader. I don't have one negative thing to say about him. I think he's shown unbelievable leadership and heroism, as I would for any of the people in Ukraine right now, the troops that are fighting for their lives and you know, saving lives. And I just think it's, uh, it's incredible. Um, it really is incredible how tough people are there. It's, uh, but at the same time, I, like people you know, in your family that are, that are struggling and fighting for their lives. Uh, I hope this thing is over sooner uh, than later. I just don't know. I, I don't see an ending anytime soon. I don't know if you do. No, I don't understand what the end, end game anyway. So I'm not trying. I don't understand what he's trying to achieve. This is why it's very difficult to predict. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
photos now of Zelensky were taken 41 days apart by the president's photographer. Yeah, he have aged a lot. Yeah, I see uh, the first one, which uh, was taken here the yeah, 23rd of February. Uh, he looks like a very good-looking actor, right? He looks like a guy mm-hmm. that uh, takes care of himself. And then the second one that was taken today, it looks like the guy's aged 20 years. I think that picture was taken in Bucha. That's where there were all this, like, dead women and children. And that's his face when he saw all those. Obviously, it's taken a toll on him like it has uh, with everybody. I can't even imagine the mental, Mm -hmm. uh, what's going through his mind mentally as the president of that country and having to see these images. And, you know, obviously there are war crimes everywhere. Um, I, I don't know how people can get out of the country now. Uh, I guess there's buses and stuff, right? But the airports are all destroyed, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's mostly buses, like the way we got my uncle and my aunt out of the city. Uh, my cousin, she lives in Switzerland. So she was um, searching for people. None of my family drives. Kharkiv is a very large city. So it's kind of like New York or Chicago. They have subways. I didn't even have to have a driver license till I moved to the United States. Yeah. Transportation, like, there is very good. So um, my cousin found a couple of people who would pick them up from some points in Ukraine, and then I got them out of the city. But the way they were traveling, it took them about a week to get to Poland uh, because they would, um, out of the city, they were uh, in the car. It was um, a meat refrigerator, and my, they're older, mm-hmm. and they have some health issues. So that's how they rot out of the car cave. Then they slept on the floor in a school. And that's what it is, too. Like, the Russian military knows that people who lost their houses, they're going to sleep in school. They're going to hide in churches. And they aim for those buildings. They aim for churches. They aim for, for uh, I don't know, schools, daycare. Like, Why? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to do? So to me, it seems like it's very personal. And I don't think that he's looking for like particular um, goals. He just killing all Ukrainian just because yeah. it seems like it's like a hunting for them. It's like safari. Like they go and they shoot as many people as possible. Like, I don't know where those creatures are from. It seems like I'm like, are they from jail? Yeah. Are they just like rapists and killers? And he just gave them the weapons Some and of said, them like, are. do whatever you want. That's what it looks yeah. like to me because I can't imagine. And I mean, I'm 42 years old. I have been on this earth for a while. Like, I mean, I have met a lot of people in my life and I can't imagine like, like, I have never met anybody like that who's capable of raping, killing, stealing from dead body. Like, who are you people? Like, where you come from? And, like, I don't understand that. No different than al-Qaeda. It's, it's no different than uh, Osama bin Laden's people. Uh, it's no different at all than the Taliban. Um, these are people that have no value of human life and even worse – some of these people are being tortured and suffering even before they die and that's that's it's just it doesn't get to me it doesn't get any worse than that when you go after uh, children and you, and you go after schools uh, it, like i said it doesn't get any worse than that before i, I let you go tatiana uh just maybe a message send a message to people out there americans that really don't know what's going on they're not following it what message would you give to the good people here in las vegas what would you say to them well, I would say thank you so much all for support and I understand it's not your war. So I do appreciate everybody's help. I do. And if you want to help, please continue helping, looking for Ukrainian communities on Facebook, online. But do not donate money to just accounts you don't know. Yeah. There's lots of people who try to make money off of it. Just don't. If you want to help, there's people, there's 800 plus refugees, Ukrainian refugees in the border with San Diego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do need some food. They need some medical supplies. So if you want to do that, uh, instead of like donating people 
money to some shady people just buy whatever you want whatever you can if you don't have anything to buy that's fine maybe you're a nurse mm-hmm. maybe you can just like drive there and just see those children or just help with your time just whatever you feel like yeah like nobody's nobody have to mm-hmm. but if you have this urge just sure very well said. Well, let me just say this. First of all, Tatiana, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. Uh, my heart is with you and my heart goes out to your family. I hope they make it okay, as I would say for any of the innocent people in that country. Uh, thoughts and prayers with them. I know this is, uh, I can't imagine how difficult this is on you and, and so many other good people just in Las Vegas alone that have family in the Ukraine that I've spoke to. So my heart goes out to you. I wish the best for your family and we hope this ends sooner than later. And uh, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. All right, folks, uh, that'll do it. That's a wrap for the show today. Uh, Some special guests are going to be coming in studio tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Another candidate running for office as governor, hopefully not a QAnoner, let's hope. Uh, And uh, uh, Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, will be joining me in studio tomorrow. Does Tiger Woods actually have a legitimate chance to win the Masters? Can you believe that? Also in studio tomorrow, we will have someone who is transgender running for office in this state. So interesting, uh, interesting guest for sure. So look forward to that. Hope everybody has a great day. I think I see Chris Wynn in the back there. He's coming up next. Have a great day, everybody.